Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Dublin Airport Authority is very, very confident. That's a very big quote, isn't it? Very, very confident that passengers will not miss their flights this weekend. Of course, over a thousand people, we reckon 1,300 people missed their flights last weekend. That was some mess. And that was only about 50 or 60 passengers, a thousand passengers a day. This weekend, big weekend, bank holiday weekend, over 100,000 passengers per day, which shouldn't be a big deal because the days running up to Christmas postcard pre-COVID, we would have had 120,000 people a day. So Aer Lingus and Dublin Airport, the DAA, should be able to handle it. But can they? Do you have faith in them? Own Curry is our travel expert. Own, good afternoon to you. Afternoon, Niall. Are you not heading away this weekend? Anybody stretch the imagination here? I am. I'm on a flight myself on Saturday. Um, yeah, it's pretty big. I mean, you're, the pre-Christmas was lower. So this is going to be the peak that they're going to hit. They've hit the busiest day in airport history was 118,000. It was back in 2019 and it was uh, the July, uh, the, the first weekend of July there. So we're, we'll be building up to June the 24th and that'll be the busiest day of the summer just by schedule and by the number of people booked an aircraft. The real issue is will they be staffed up by then? Remember, they're getting 30 extra staff into the security team every week uh, last Sunday's blip was that 17 that were due to were rostered in on, on Sunday weren't cleared in time or hadn't got the, uh, the all the clearances and then 20 other people pulled off sick uh, unexpectedly, lost control of the queue very early on in the day. And as the Kildare footballers discovered, if you let in four goals in the first 20 minutes, it's very hard to get it back. <laughs> it's very hard to get it back and, again, yes. And then they had uh, a day of queues uh, out of control. The reason there... But, but, I, but can I say to you, Owen, is the reason that this happened last weekend, not just because of the, the events that you talk about, and that certainly is one reason, but that people have lost trust in Dublin Airport at this stage. So although Dublin Airport would say, look, only come two and a half hours for, you know, a local flight or a national flight and uh, three hours for an international flight, that people are still arriving seven hours early and they're all arriving together because they're terrified when they see these pictures on social media over the last few months that they're going to be the ones who missed their flight. So we're all arriving at the same time. Isn't this the big problem? It is a big problem, certainly this week. What had happened in March had, had people arriving very early. But oddly now, we've got that back under control. People were not arriving that colossal amount of time. I know people with, uh, who'd arrived at three in the morning for afternoon flights, uh, you know, back in March. If they bit of trust had been built up, if they got a committee working for six months, how to destroy it, uh, they, last Sunday is the sort of plan they'd come up with it. Uh, two and a half hours was supposed to be the guidance for short haul, three and a half for long haul. And there's a problem here as well. They've changed that messaging. We're not... People need, they just need to be told, when am I sure I'll make my flight? I mean, people were getting texts, I believe, from, I don't know how true this was, but I heard it on RT, so it must be true. Uh, people were getting texts <laughs> the night before last weekend from Ryanair saying to come five hours early. Is that Was that true? I didn't actually hear that, but Ryanair uh, would have, uh, Ryanair would be monitoring things independently and they don't have the enormous faith in what the Dublin, Air- Dublin Airport Authority have to say. But what I think might have, I think what might have happened is that there was uh, certainly a, a very quick social media reaction to the queues being out of control. Now the, the thing is that um, the queues were went out of control very quickly, um, very early in the morning, and by 
by eight o'clock, it was quite clear something horrible. But people, nobody was saying flights would be missed at that stage. It just emerged during the day that that uh, the Dublin Airport weren't able to recover. But isn't it a disaster? Because when you think about it, there's a way of sorting this problem out, and I explained it months ago on the air, and I don't know if anybody's even still taking it on board, that when you've got a queue outside the airport, for example, and you have somebody at the end of that queue who's due on a flight in an hour, and you've somebody up the front of that queue who's not due on a flight for seven hours because they got there early... Surely to God at this stage, the common sense way or approach to this would be that when you get your online boarding pass, that it also has a time that you arrive at the airport on it and that you don't get in before that time or or certainly you don't get seen to before that time. So there's no point in you arriving early. And that would solve that problem because it would be really unfair on the person at the end of the queue who's on a flight in an hour and the person at the front of the queue has seven hours to sit in his bum in the terminal building. Niall, they were listening to you. Uh, Dublin Airport Authority were listening to you. That's exactly what they came up with in the plan. Uh, they're triaging the people arriving, and you know how well you know how well that works in the A and E department. Green for the quick ones, yellow, orange for the ones that are only think they're sick or, or or not that sick, and then red for the ones that can wait that have a small sprain or whatever. Um, now, what, don't get me wrong; we should never be in the position that we have to triage people. You know, we should be able to efficiently look after everybody. Area that's been well publicised and it's got a, a, a horrible reaction on social media. Very strong uh, reaction against it on social media. That you know people would be, uh, oh, you're too early. We're bringing you over here. You sit over here while the people who are on earlier flights. Um, and what what we saw was three two o'clock in the morning people with afternoon flights ahead of people at nine a.m. flights in the queue. Yeah. So there you can see what they're trying to do with that, but. It's it's a very very difficult thing to say with someone with a gang of kids, uh, and they've waited three years to break, get away and oh, uh, put your holiday at risk. It really is a difficult thing to tell them. Don't turn up at the airport too early. They more or less got that trust back, and they lost it again on Sunday. Getting it back again, you could. That's part of the messaging today. You know, oh, we're confident people won't miss their flights. The reality is they should be confident. Because two and a half hours is a long time before a flight. It used to be one hour in before COVID. Two and a half hours should give you all the leeway you want. But one of the problems is they've asked for an extra hour for people dropping off bags. And that's mixed messaging. You really need a clear message to people. And what Dublin Airport are dealing with on the baggage side is that they've no actually control. It's not they that man the baggage check-in desks. It's the airlines. And the airlines have their own mm-hmm. problems huge problems uh, with no shows of staff from short staff. Absolutely, and I was going to come to that too because not only did we have the mess outside Dublin Airport last week of people, we also heard, you know, uh, witness accounts and statements from people saying that the airport is filthy dirty, uh, the toilets are not being cleaned, the bins are overflowing, people saying they arrived in the country and they were waiting two hours for their bags to come out onto the, you know, the travelator or whatever you call that bloody, the baggage thing. And, And even then they were coming out at a slow speed the whole thing seems to be on a go-slow, the whole operation. Stretched to the limit rather than a go-slow. There's people providing all those subcontracting services, have trouble getting, you know, everybody's scaled down during the recession, they have to, to say, to keep the business going. And it, it, across airlines, across tour operators, it's a major situation. Like one of our big tour operators out of Ireland, a big international tour operator with people stranded in 11 countries, and flights cancelled uh, to some of the Irish flights, but one third of the flights to Manchester um, 
We've airline problems. The EasyJet cancelled 200 flights last week and have cancelled substantial numbers during the week. But more an impact in Belfast and Dublin. Uh, British Airways have scaled, well in advance scaled down their entire summer services over staffing, including the Dublin Heathrow flights. Our two big Irish airlines uh, seem to have been really well prepared for it by international standards. Both Ryanair and Aer Lingus are operating the schedules they said they would. But everybody's under pressure. And we've, to the extent that uh, we have a lovely new service now coming in, uh, starting uh, tomorrow, uh, four times a week to Cairo with Egypt Air. It's the first direct mm-hmm. connection to Cairo for a long time. And uh, it was in doubt until about a month ago because they, wasn't, they weren't sure they'd get the, you know, the subcontracted people to manage the gate and manage the baggage check-in. And as you say, People, a lot of complaint about the state of the airport. Yeah. But even getting, if we can, if we can get through the next few weeks, getting people on and off uh, flights and getting people to not to miss flights, which, in fairness, they've done. Nobody missed a flight for a little while in Dublin Airport since the, the trouble at the beginning of March. By the way, it started happening on Saturday. We didn't have to wait for Sunday to to really. Yeah. Uh, Thirteen hundred people, I believe, and and I, and I assume all those people are going to be compensated. That's a, that's a very interesting one because there's loads of regulation about airlines. No, exactly what number, what how many hours you're delayed before you get a cup of coffee, exactly how much you get uh, before you get a meal, call, yes, and all of that stuff. It's very heavily regulated. Well, I mean, by but I, I was thinking about this. I mean, not for you, airports. Yeah, not for you airports. imagine, as you said earlier on, a family, you know, with three kids who've been saving to go to I don't know to Disney or something like that for the last ten years. They've been saving, and mum and dad have taken time off work and all of a sudden their flight is cancelled. That affects their accommodation, it affects their car hire, it affects everything. And it also affects a day off their holiday as well and you have screaming kids crying. And, okay. So, I mean, there's a, I believe there's a massive amount of compensation should be paid out in those kind of situations because you've basically destroyed somebody's holiday. No, but not regulated. Airlines are regulated, airports are not. So it's really up to Dublin Airport to decide now, they, there isn't, it, it, it sounds a lot, 1,400, 1,300, 1,400 people, dozens, it sounds a lot. It's not a lot by aviation standards. More people can miss their flights due to a pileup in the M50 than missed them last Sunday. And we've got uh, weather events, all of those mm-hmm. sort of things down the years that have caused huge Absolutely, cancellations. Yeah. So it's not the biggest number in the world. So it should be manageable from a compensation point of view. Dublin Airport, uh, at the moment, what you do is you send an email, you get a form to fill out, and they look for vouched expenses, and then they will process it claim case by case. They're, the issue is that it's not, there is no regulation like there is for airlines for airports. So okay. really, so it's a case by case how, basis. We don't know how, yeah. Yeah, we don't okay. know how this is going to pass. Okay, out. finally, just own in relation to somebody had texted in, in relation to the United States of America. Uh, mm-hmm. Still, one of the only countries demanding that you have the COVID test twenty four hours That's beforehand, right. yeah. the vaccine certificates, etc. Now, the administration have been asked about this. There is a suggestion that in the next few weeks, this may be well. It's, it's up to the FDA in the, in the United States or the CDC, should I say, in the United States. But is there a suggestion that could be happening sooner rather than later that this whole process will be abandoned because it's affecting American tourism? around the world because American tourists are afraid to leave their country they may get stranded in another country because they test positive for COVID um, so it's affecting a lot of things so do you believe that this will be abandoned very shortly? I think it'll go uh, I don't know when it'll go Canada let the drop their requirement um, but you still need an antigen test to get into the United States I'll have to do one of those myself on Saturday and they um, Lucky you they, <laughs> yeah, well, the, the, the thing is, tourism lobby is very strong in most European countries. It's not at all. It's not even. It's it's not even 
countenanced in America. Their obsession is with uh, security and with America, you know, mm. American, for no to read. So yeah. the agencies that are making this decision do not consider passenger comfort or tourism at all. So it's going to be done in those sort of terms. We got, it, 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 I'll tell you what, the, the whole thing of um, the, the removal of um, the initial restrictions was, was, well, it was, it was very, very slow, um, mm-hmm. so much slower than we, we expected. And everything, while the world is opening up, um, it, you've got to remember that Europe is fairly much back to normal. There's only, there's only four countries still required the location form. And once you have your digit, once you're vaccinated, by the way, once of you course, have your yeah. digital COVID cert, Europe is more or less back to where we were. A lot of the rest of the world is still closed, and America is very reluctant to get rid of that antigen test, which is a minor uh, inconvenience compared with the PCR, which had to be done, which is more expensive and had to be done. Of course, yeah, advanced. but still, for a lot of people, I mean, you know as well as I do, you can test. I, I tested positive going back about I don't know two months, three months ago on an antigen test, oh but, but there yeah. was nothing wrong with me. I was perfectly fine. So, yeah. so a lot of people you know, could, are waiting and saying, oh, I could lose my whole holiday just because I test. They're, they're, they're going to the airport terrified that they're going to test positive. Absolutely. It's actually you know success, I mean? you know. You know. And, then, and then you have the security queue on top of that. So it, <laughs> yeah, it, it absolutely. Is, it feels very strange. But you know, when you go back to uh, our childhood, there was a lot of countries needed visas. You couldn't get into both. Oh, I remember that, yeah. yeah. So you had to go to the American yeah. Embassy before you went to America. There was a queue outside the American Embassy and, uh, you know, it was, there was nobody. I, I was when I was younger. I was uh, own. You may not remember this, but I was one of the lucky ones because I had an uncle and an aunt and cousins in America. So, with yeah. the nature of that, I got what they called an indefinite visa. Oh, excellent! So it saved me ever having to go to the embassy. So it became yeah. so when they decided to do the the estas online instead, that became an inconvenience to me then because I had to do that. So that was you laughing as you drove by the queue at the American embassy. <laughs> yeah, you could hear well, that was me. Yeah, so. Oh, yeah, listen! Thanks for the information. Enjoy your oh, holiday. Where are you heading off to? Oh, by the way, where uh, I'll be in Orlando for the big travel, major travel event. Uh, I um, that all the American states, cities, everybody get together and tell us what's happening. Uh, it's, it's first time uh, first time to see most of them for a long time and uh, basically Disney it, uh, Disney will be uh, uh, because it's Orlando Disney will be showing off their wares and Universal and all of that I mean, I'm assuming it's in the big conference centre there in Orlando is it? Um, it's it will be in the conference centre, but yeah. the, uh, you know, we, we will we will be sampling some of the tourist, all the tourist stuff around. I, I'm, I'm assuming you will, Owen, I mean, and have a and have a great time, have a wonderful I'll time. I'll do that. All the best. Now. All Thank right, you thanks. There you go, Owen Curry, heading off to Orlando. But saying that, if you are going to Dublin Airport this weekend, look, they're going to try their best. They're, they reckon everything will be okay. There is an argument, and I could say to you, you know, to arrive on time. But I don't want to be the one responsible for seeing you in a picture on social media on Saturday at the end of a queue that's a mile long. But Owen said they will be setting up a triage situation, which is what I suggested a good while ago. Maybe they must have been listening to me. So the triage means that basically, if you arrive too early, and I'll say this to Ruth outside, by the way, if she's listening, my researcher stroke producer, because she's heading away this weekend and she was telling me that she's going to be arriving seven or eight hours early or whatever. If she arrives too early, she will be left to last, to be let in, if you know what I mean. And they will deal with people who have a flight ahead of her first. And that's the way it should be done. And that will avoid, hopefully, people missing their flights. Let's play a little bit of audio here for you. Hi, now I'm just listening to your topic on the problems in Dublin Airport. And uh, as far as I can see, this triage system is a catch-22. 
in relation to if you miss your flight because I would prefer to arrive much earlier for my flight let them put me into a quarantine area at least then if I still miss my flight I will be in a position uh, to claim a refund or sue them of some nature whereas if I turn up at my proper time two and a half hours for a, say, a domestic flight and I miss it on my own accord I've no evidence of what time I arrived and then I probably can't claim Whereas at least if I arrive early and they're aware that I'm there, I might have some comeback. Love the show. Thank you. Now, I did hear mention of a pen. <laughs> a holding pen. Now, I don't know where the holding pen is. I believe on social media there's more a lot of people giving out about it. Railing is that they hoped, or Dublin Airport, that they hoped they wouldn't have to use it. So maybe they are recording the time that you arrive at. But if you arrived, say, five or six hours before your flight, they'd say, that's grand, yeah, yeah, we have your name. I have your name. Can you? Okay, you go down to the holding pen. You'd be like sheep down there. You go down to the holding pen because you're not up for another five hours yet. Come back to us in two hours. I, I, I'm assuming that's what'll happen. Now, that will only happen, can I just say, and warn people, if it gets out of control. The triage system will not be used if everything runs smoothly. There'll be 100,000 people roughly going through a day. 80 to 100,000 people. It's a big weekend at Dublin Airport. If it was me, because I get airport anxiety all the time, it's my biggest fear. Out of all the fears that I have and all the different things that I have, my biggest fear is airport anxiety. I hate airports. I get anxious. I'm always afraid I'm going to miss a flight. So when I go, if it's an international flight, for example, three hours, I will be there five hours beforehand. I'm always there five hours beforehand, even before COVID. Try this to give myself plenty of time for any hiccups. Because you've got to remember, if you're going international, you're not only going to go through security, you've got to go through immigration as well. So there's an extra hour on that one as well. So I don't personally believe sometimes three hours is enough. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Ireland's classic.